Do you believe I can preach fast? You had to see that? All right, here we go. Let me talk really quickly. I want to tell you how to be wealthy. Is that all right? In 10 minutes. The 10-minute edited version. All right, it's your cliff notes. For those who are old enough to know what cliff notes are. <laughs> the rest of you, it's the internet version. No, it's the Twitter version. How's that? It's the Twitter version, 140 words. All right, we have a covenant. We talked about covenants. All right, you're a covenant man, you're a covenant woman. All right, that covenant is sealed by the blood of Jesus. Signed, sealed, delivered, you have an agreement, a contract that can't be broken. All right, let's try that again. We have a covenant. I'll be quick if you agree. (laughs) You have an agreement, right? You said, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You put him into your life. You enter into a covenant agreement that is outlined by the Word of God. This defines your covenant. Yes? So you're a covenant man, a covenant woman. It's like a contract that you cannot break. All right? It's signed in the courts of heaven, the highest court ever, and it cannot be broken. So you're a covenant man, a covenant woman. All right? The covenant is not dependent on you. It's dependent on Jesus. We've got to get that in our heads. We've got to stop living our Christian life as though it depends on our righteousness. Because it doesn't. It doesn't. You can never be righteous enough. You will never be good enough. You are going to stuff up. You're going to make mistakes. All right? Because you're in a battle between your flesh and your spirit. All right? So you're going to make mistakes, but it's okay because your covenant agreement with God does not depend upon you and your righteousness. It depends on him and his righteousness. All right? So you are righteous. Some of you don't believe that. You're going, oh, but you don't know, Phil. I don't care. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about what he did for you, not what you're doing for him. See, what we do for him is a result of what he's done for us. But it starts with him and his righteousness. The covenant was sealed in his blood, not yours. All right? Are we good? All right. So the covenant provides for you to be saved, right? The covenant provides for you to be healed, doesn't it? The covenant provides for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized and speaking in tongues, yeah? The covenant also provides for you to be wealthy. That's in the covenant. It's what Jesus wrote in the blood. The problem is, not everybody gets saved, do they? It's on offer for all creation, isn't it? Salvation. Healing's on offer for all creation, isn't it? Being filled with the Holy Spirit's on offer for all creation, isn't it? But not everybody receives it, do they? All right? It's the same with being wealthy. It's on offer for all creation, but not everybody receives it. You have to make a choice to receive salvation. You have to make a choice to receive healing. You have to make a choice to receive the Holy Spirit. You have to make a choice to receive wealth. I'm not just talking about having money. I'm talking about being wealthy, and they're two different things. So you can have money. You can have $100,000 in the bank and a million dollars in debt. 
That's not wealthy. Wealthy is when your house is filled with good things and you owe no man anything except the debt of love. Yeah? And that's where God wants you to be. And I'll tell you why in a few minutes. Because it's only a few minutes. All right. Oh, Jesus. You know, one thing God wants to say is that you have millionaire status in your spirit. In fact, you have billionaire status in your spirit. And some of you are going, ooh, because that rubs a little, doesn't it? Because we've been told for so long we can't. But God actually wants you to be extremely wealthy. He wants that for you. He's already actually given that for you in the same way he's given you salvation, the same way he's given you healing, the same way he's given you Holy Spirit. He's actually given you wealth. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. God has given you wealth. It's about time we received it. It's about time we received it. All right? Debt's a curse. Poverty is a curse. All right? How do you break a curse? It's really easy. Isaiah 10. It's good to have your Bible. It's good to read the Word. I'm going to talk a little bit, because I'm running out of time real fast, about anointing. I'm going to give you some tasters. How's that? And you guys can unpack this and connect with it. I think my notes are about as long as my sermon will be, but that's all right. I'm going to give you a key here, all right? And this works in the area of healing. This works in the area of finances. This works anywhere. This works in getting people saved, all right? It's a thing called anointing, all right? Isaiah 10, verse 27. It says, It shall come past in that day that this burden will be taken away from your shoulder. Anyone know the burden of debt? Anyone know the burden of lack? Anyone know the burden of sickness? Anyone know the burden of wanting to share your faith but just not being able to do it, not being able to get out there? Of broken relationships? It shall come past in, that, in this day, this burden will be taken away from your shoulder and this yoke from your neck. Doesn't that describe debt? Doesn't that describe lack? It's like a yoke. You know, the bill comes in and you don't know how you're going to pay it. It becomes a yoke around you, a thing upon your shoulders that's pushing you down and pushing you down. And it says, and the yoke will be destroyed because of what? The anointing. What's the anointing? To anoint means to rub all over, to smear. The anointing in the Bible is the manifest presence of God. And it's manifest to what? To destroy the yoke. Not just lift it off you, but to destroy it. You want to destroy a yoke? They'd lift it off, they'd cut it in half, and they'd burn it. So there was nothing left but ashes. How do you get the anointing? Cliff note version. It's really, really simple. You take this, and you read it, and you read it, and you read it, until it lifts. You see, your anointing level is according to your word level. You ever see some people get up and they can preach and people just get saved? Or they can walk around and the people get saved. Why? Because they've read this and they focus in on sharing their faith and it becomes alive to them. 
And some people, they just have this magic touch, it seems, for healing. They have an anointing for healing. Where does that anointing come from? It comes from reading this and focusing on healing passages and they become alive so their faith reaches a level where they just speak and healing comes. We look at Billy Graham. Why is he so good at getting so many people saved? Because he read the Bible and he focused in on salvation. And people get saved. You look at Benny Hinn. He says a few words and people get healed. Hallelujah. For those of you who know Benny. I saw, this guy, I saw a guy doing this impersonation the other day. It was really hilarious. Of Benny Hinn. He did a really good Benny Hinn. But, you know, um, but he, sorry, it's just in my head now. I won't do it for you. But he's out there and, and he focuses and he reads passages all the time, day in, day out on healing, and people get healed. Why? Because he has a bigger anointing level, because he has a bigger word level. And it's the same for you. If you want a bigger word level on wealth, then you need to read the passages on wealth. Read what God says about it, meditate on it, think about it, day and night. You see, if you focus on your debt, what do you see when you sleep? You see your debt, you see your lack. It's in front of your face and it's all you think about because you've looked at it and you've focused on it and you've sweated over it and you've meditated on it. And so you have an anointing for debt. It's called a curse. The opposite to curse is what? Blessing. And the blessing comes by the anointing. If you want to break it, and I started doing this and I felt guilty because my church tradition says, you don't focus on money. Jesus did. Jesus took notice of every cent because he's sitting in the temple and he's watching people. What was he watching people do? He was watching people give. Numbers matter to God. It's so much so he named a whole book after it. So don't tell me God doesn't count. It says he even knows how many hairs you've got on your head. Some people make that easier for him than others. That's all right. But he cares about every little detail. Money matters to God. He watched the widow and he gave and he knew exactly what she gave. You see, if you want the faith, to be wealthy. If you want breakthrough, you have to lift your anointing level because it breaks the debt curse. And you only lift it by taking the Word of God and meditating on it and meditating on it until you change the way you think. And eventually you'll start to think like God thinks about your money. Then you'll work in the anointing of wealth and it'll not only be you, but you'll be able to influence others because your anointing level is higher. And you'll see breakthrough, supernatural, because God wants to prosper you, not naturally, but supernaturally. Every job, of every secular job I've ever had, you know, I've found that my income has increased. When I worked for the bank, I was the only employee for five years who picked up a bonus every Christmas in the whole branch. When I worked in the job I had before at Baptist Care, my wage went up a third over three years. It was about a 35% increase 
over three years. And it wasn't because I was brilliant at what I did. People around me were better at it. It was just the favour of God. I'd be in the right position, like I'm in my job, and they're going, we need to employ somebody to do some of this work. And I go, that's great. They go, well, what we need to do is give you a pay rise so we can employ them at that pay grade. Okay. So I take it. And then they decide they want to keep somebody else and move them across, and they go, we need to give them part of your job. And I'm going, okay, you can give some part of my job, that's fine, which means we need to promote you. And so they gave me another pay rise. And my pay just kept going up and up and up and up. That's the anointing at work. That's what God will do. He is right now working on your boss if you will let him. He is working on people. He can have 50 people show up at your door tomorrow morning with a check. He can be talking to your boss right now going, you need to promote that person. You need to give them a pay rise. You see, he can actually get your boss. See, part of it was my boss was scared that she was going to lose me. So she kept giving me pay rises. And then she got worried she was going to lose some of my other staff who were Christians. So she gave them pay rises. And for them to get a pay rise, she had to give me one. Because that's how God works. He will work through other people and supernaturally bring in finance. That's what the anointing does. But you've got to get your word level up where you believe he will do it. You may go, well, I don't have a job. I'm at home or I do this. I'm a student. God can still do it. When I was a student, we used to walk out to the money box, out to the money box, out to the letter box. It became the money box. It was like a money box. I'd, I'd go out there on a Sunday, you know, I'd think, oh, there might be some junk mail. And I'd open up the mailbox and there'd be an envelope in there with cash. It was my new money box. We should put a lock on it and, you know, the money keeps coming through. Angels protect it, it's okay. But that's what he would do. I'd seriously go out there. We'd open it up and think, oh, a bit of junk mail. And there'd be envelopes with cash in it. Because God had spoken to somebody and said, go and do this. God knows your need. And he takes care of it. I can remember my car broke down. I think I told you this story. And this guy rings up. We were in Perth. He rings up from Kalgoorlie. He's someone I hadn't spoken to like in two years. And he says, I hear your car's broken down. God's told me to fix it. And it's like, how did he even know my car's broken down? This was in 20, within 24 hours of the car breaking down. That's what God will do. He'll send his angels if he has to. He wants to supernaturally prosper, but you've got to do your part. It's the same with sharing your faith, like Annette was saying, but you've got to do your part. You have to take the word of God and put it in. And you have to focus when you do. I take, I take wealth, there's about five, five or six verses that God's given me on healing, on wealth and things like this. And I write them out, little cards, old business cards. I just write them on the back of the old business cards. And they sit by my bed. And every morning I pick them up and I read them out and I speak them. And I think about them and I meditate on them. And I speak them over myself and over my family and over the church. And when I started doing this, I always feel stupid even now when I do it. Like I wait till Dale goes and has a shower or something, you know, and because I still feel, it's ridiculous. I still feel ridiculous speaking the word of God over my life. But I do it. Because you've got to put aside the fear that Satan tries to bring. He tries to think, oh, you're ridiculous. Oh, it's pointless. Oh, it doesn't work. 
But we've got to renew our minds. So if you're believing for a new house, then get the word of God that talks about houses. Here's a little trick for you. What you do is you pick up Google and you Google in verses about houses. And it'll give you a list. And then you go through and you find one, you go, that one there. You know, there is a verse for everything, I'm telling you right now. There's even a verse for your sex life. Married couples. I'll let you find it. Guys, there's one in Proverbs. There's a hint for you. It's to do with fountains. But I'm serious. There is a verse for everything that you're believing for. If you will let God show you. And you write those verses down and you speak them and you speak them and you speak them over your life and you will prosper. It'll start to change how you think. It may not happen tomorrow. It might be next week. But it'll happen. You've got to stay the course and lift your anointing and faith level by putting the Word of God in. All right, we're moving quickly, yeah? Why does God want to put money in your hands? 1 John 3, 8. says that Jesus came to what? Destroy the works of the devil. God wants to put wealth in your hands because wealth destroys the works of the devil. You see, the devil has to fund his work. But you know what? God's work needs funding too. He wants to put money in your hands so you can change somebody's life. You see, when you walk, when you walk up to somebody and you, they've got a need and you can go, hey, let me help you out with that. You change their life and you destroy the work of the devil in their life. We all know what it is to have lack, don't we? God wants to make you wealthy so you can take care of someone else's lack. And then you can share Jesus with them and you will change their life. God wants you wealthy to destroy the works of the devil. The second thing he wants to do is to give you abundant life. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and more abundant. And don't tell me you can have an abundant life without money. Because the moment your first bill comes, you won't feel very abundant. Yeah? Here on earth, it takes money to be abundant. He wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to share your abundant life with others. You see, when your life is abundant, it overflows and it affects other people. That's his plan for you. So how do you prosper? Really easy. One, get the word in and build the anointing. Yep. Second thing is first giving. 2 Corinthians 8, 5, because we're going real quick and I've got three minutes left. All right. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 5, look it up later. It says, first they gave themselves to the Lord. All right, give yourself your whole life to God and say, I'm yours. Everything I have, everything I've got, it's yours. All right, number three, be a tither. Malachi 3 verse 8 says, you rob me. And the people said to God, how do we rob you? He says, in tithes and offerings. He says, bring the tithe. What's the tithe? The first 10% you make. And you may go, oh, I can't afford to tithe. That's where you're robbing God. Because if you don't tithe, you rob God. It's not about me. It's not about church money. It's about you. God doesn't need your money. And here's, here's a bit of a revelation. You know what? I don't either. I'm happy to take it. <laughs> but I don't need your money. 
Because my God supplies all my needs. You know what? If you stop giving, God will find some other way. Because I've seen him do it. Tithing is about you putting God first. They gave themselves first to the Lord. How? They took the first 10% of their income and they gave it to God. That's what the tithing is about. That's what it's about. It's about releasing you and you putting God first in your life. If you can't get that right, then you can't step into wealth. And if you keep going, I'll wait till I've got enough, you'll never have enough. Because what you do is rob God and it says that when you bring the tithe into his house, he says he releases the blessing and he rebukes the devourer. So it stops what takes your money and it brings in more. It's powerful. You've got to get that first step going. Or you can't take the next step. And number four is to get God's plan for your life. Let me show you Luke 16. This is really important, this one. You've got your Bibles. Luke chapter 16. says windows there's the same thing he used when he talks about the flood with Noah and that was a heck of a lot of water and that's the blessing he wants to bring Malachi 3 8 if you're looking for the reference 8 through through about 11 I think all right let me read to you from Luke 16 verse 10 are we there say hallelujah I'm there Jesus talking, because it's in red, you can tell. It says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. That sounds very spiritual. But verse 11 clarifies it. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. What's unrighteous mammon? Money. If you haven't been faithful with money, who will commit to your trust true riches? Money is a test in your life. Money is one of the tests that God gives us. It's the only thing we can test him in, actually, he says in Malachi. But it's a test in your life to will you be faithful because money represents so much of your life. It's your time, it's your intelligence, it's your effort, it's your faith. And if we can't be faithful with money, how can he trust us with the rest of the kingdom? We want to move in power and see miracles. We want to see amazing things happen. And God's going, you can't be faithful with what you already have. Does that make sense? So you need to find God's plan for your life. Right? You need to find God's plan. You need to first of all start tithing and then go, okay, God, what is your plan to make me wealthy? Because God has a plan. Isaiah 48, let's finish with this one, I think. Yeah, it'll do. Isaiah 48, we'll finish on this one. Isaiah 48, verse 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God. So you give to him first, yeah? And then he goes on to say, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. God's financial plan for you is different to mine. 
He has a different way to prosper you. You see, he may take you in your job and he may give you a raise. He may give you a promotion. He may get you into a business. He may use all these things and bring wealth into your hands. Or he may just get somebody out there to hand you a big fat check. Or he may go to you, hey, look, I want you to start doing this. I want you to start doing that. God has a plan for you to prosper. He has a plan to make you wealthy and to profit. Because the blessing of the Lord, Proverbs tells us, 10.22, Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord brings what? Wealth. And you know what? And he adds no trouble, sorrow, or toil to it. Toil doesn't mean not work. Toil means ridiculously hard work. Slave labor. Ever felt like that sometimes in your job? All right? It doesn't mean you don't work, sit back on your bum and go, oh, God, bring in the money and I'm watching the soapies. Work was even before the fall. Adam and Eve had work to do. Work is good. Toil is bad. But God has a plan to prosper you. You need to spend time with him. And as you start to renew your mind, ask him what he wants you to do. And this is where a lot of people fail because God says, I want you to do this little thing and they do it once and don't do it again. Or they don't even do the thing the first time and they wonder why God doesn't bless them and why they don't see breakthrough. You have to do that first step before you can get the second And it could be simple, it could be complex, whatever it is, it's something that you already have faith for. And if you don't do what he's telling you the first step, you can't get the second step, which leads to the third step, which leads to being wealthy. You have to be in that relationship. So you've got to, first of all, give your whole self to God. Secondly, you need to be a tither and bringing them all to God. Thirdly, you need to put the Word of God in to lift your anointing level around this whole thing and change the way you think. And number four, you need to do what he tells you to do every time. And if you mess it up, then you go back and repent and you start again with what he has for you to do. But if you don't start doing those things, you will not be wealthy. I can promise you he's already given the wealth. What he needs to teach you is one, how to receive it and two, how to handle it. Because if you don't handle it his way, it will destroy you. Because the devil will get in there and he will feed you lies and you'll mess your life, your family's life and everyone else around you. Does that make sense? So I think it's time we started changing how we're thinking and started changing what we're doing. And get serious about being wealth because like Luke says, if we can't handle wealth, the rest of it, forget it. You'll be a happy little, uh, you'll get to heaven and God will show you everything you could have had. And everything you could have done and all the lives you could have changed and you're going to go, I missed it. And he won't condemn you for it. He still loves you. But who wants to stand there and see what they could have done if we'd only walked in obedience to God? And it starts with the small step. So I encourage you. Take the Word of God. Put it in. Write down those verses. Put them on little cards. Carry them with you. I remember when we didn't have a car and, you know, we were believing God for a car and he told us to give our car away as a seed. 
And when you give a seed, whenever you give, you need to put a name to your seed, by the way. When we gave our car away, we said we're giving this car away and we're believing God for this. And we said what the car we wanted. When you give, when you tithe, when you click that button and you do it electronically or you give cash in here, you name your seed. I'm giving God out of obedience to you. I'm giving out of love to you. I'm giving out of faith. And I believe for my new house. I believe for my debt to be gone. I believe for my new car. I believe I can be a blessing to my neighbors. I believe I can give into this person. I'm believing for salvation for this person. I'm believing for this healing. Whatever it is you're believing for, put a name to your seed. But we would carry, we, I read all these verses and Dale and I would sit on the bus which of us was taking the kids for an hour and a half taking our kids to school and we'd sit there and in the back of the bus reading these verses. Day in, day out. You've got to get aggressive. Take the word of God, write out what it says. If you look at mine, mine has little blue tags all the way along it. They're the verses God speaks to me about and I stick these little tags in. So when I pick up my Bible, I go straight there. And I'm reading them. They're on cards by my bed. Read the Word of God. Read it over and over until it's dry and dull and boring. Read it through that because a time will come when it will have anointing and life. And you'll read it and it'll go off on inside you and you will receive what you're believing for. You can do that for your wealth. You can do that for your health. You can do it for your family. You can do it for any situation in your life. That's God's plan for you. Thus endeth the shortest almost version. (laughs) Are we good? All right, let's pray. Father, I pray every person here, Lord, I pray your word comes alive. Lord, let that anointing increase through your word in the name of Jesus and through your spirit. That your word will be life and health and wealth on every person here in the name of Jesus. That we will change this city through the abundant finance you have given us. Through the healings and miracles. Through sharing our faith through the joy and the peace of God in our lives. We want to bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.